Hello and welcome to The Daily Grind, a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in El Paso, Texas. It is a border town. And uh, The Daily Grind is delivered to you Monday through Friday through through podcast, a daily devotion on our daily walk with Christ. It's hosted by myself and my son, Andy Bitsko. And there are some items that you'll need. You'll need a Bible, first of all. If you do not have a Bible, you can always download the Logos Bible software at Logos.com or any other Bible app you may find acceptable. We do utilize the text of 365 Days of Spurgeon. That's also available at Logos.com or at Amazon if you wish to download it or to purchase the book. May 7th, 1860. Actually... Forgive me, this was preached on May 9th, 1860. Today is May 7th, 2020. Peace and pros- peace at home and prosperity abroad. Yes. First text we're going to be reading today is 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, verses 1 through 10. Feel free to pause the podcast while you find that in your Bible. And we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1, verses 1 through 10... Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we not need not to speak anything, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how we turned, how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. You know, Andy, while you're reading that, this verse right here just caught my attention, and it really, really is going to speak home to a lot of people at home listening to this message about, you know, the church. And it says here in verse number 9, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. And how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. You know, there are many people that are out here today in the world, in the city, in the town, and in our states, and in our country, that still believe in idols every day. They may not be aware of those that they are idols, but they are idols. And, you know, as a church, we're going to discuss this, and it kind of gets me kind of excited thinking about this, how we how the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is going to turn that individual to the living and the true God. It's a living and true God. I just love a way that's mentioned there, living and true God, because God is living today. And there is no other God. You know, that's amazing. That, to me, that is such a blessing. It is such an honor to be able to speak these words to these listeners that we serve a living and true God. 
So the message for today is going to be peace at home and prosperity abroad. This is an excerpt of the whole sermon that uh, Reverend Charles, Charles Spurgeon preached. He delivered it on Wednesday evening, May 9th, in the year 1860, like Andy mentioned earlier, at the Tabernacle of Moorfields. And the excerpt is, Suppose the pulpit, the pulpit in our lands gives an uncertain sound. As a result, God's people begin to forsake the assemblies of themselves together. No crowds gather to hear the word. Places begin to get empty. Prayer meetings become more and more desperate. The efforts of the church may be still carried on, but they are merely a matter of routine. There is no life, no heart in it. I am supposing a case you see, a case which I trust we never may see. Things get worse and worse. The doctrines of the gospel become esponged and unknown. They that fear the Lord no more speak to one another. Still, for a little time, the money continues to be brought in into this society and foreign missions are sustained. Can you not imagine in the next report? And it says, we have had no converts this year. Our income is still maintained, but notwithstanding that our brethren feel that, they're, that they are laboring under the greatest possible disadvantages. In fact, some of them wish to return home and renounce the work. Another year, the missionary spirit has gone cold in the churches. Its funds decrease another year and yet another. It becomes a moot point among us to, to whether missions are absolutely necessary or not. We have come at last to a more advanced point which some divines have already reached and begin to question whether Muhammad or Concephus had not a revelation from God as well as Jesus Christ. And now we begin to say, is it needful that we should extend the gospel abroad at all? We have lost faith in it. We see it does nothing at home. Shall we send that across the sea, which is a drug on the, which is a drug on the market here, and distribute as a healing for the wounds of the daughters of Zidon and of Tyria, which that which has not healed the daughters of Jerusalem? Now that's what Charles Spurgeon said in his message. This is an excerpt, and and it's a sad thing that he's talking about. It's a very horrible and really terrible thing. What if the church, or what if there is no missions? What if no one shows up to church anymore? What if the church is dead? What if the church is cold? That's a horrible thing to imagine. And we, we, we listen and we hear preaching and we hear that we still need to reach the lost. But what happens if people lose that motivation in reaching that lost? What happens if people lose that motivation in the call of God or the desire or the conviction from God to give towards missions? What will happen? Would we fulfill the great commandment from the, from the Lord Jesus Christ, which is for us to reach and preach the gospel of him? Would we do that? We wouldn't. So, 
Could we still be called Christians? Would we still be followers of Christ? <laughs> if we're not fulfilling what he's telling us to do, then are we really following? What can we say about the church? Absolutely nothing. But the word of God tells us the importance of the church and the function of the church and the goal of the church, which is to reach others for him. Now, the church is just a building. The church is the people. And us as the people that are saved and accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are under the commandment to reach others and tell others about him. But there are some places we and I and everyone knows we're not going to go to those places. We're not going to go to those jungles. We're not going to go to those deserts. We're not going to go to those islands. We're not going to go where we No, we can't go. But God, in fulfillment of his scripture, calls men and women to fulfill that. And us as a church, we support those people which are called missionaries. They are going on a mission to reach others for Christ. And by us praying for them, By us being fired up for them, they fulfill God's will. But I want to take it to where the church is. The church is a place where we fellowship, worship, and function and give the gospel to others. Charles Spurgeon pulled this from Psalms chapter, I mean, Psalms 147, verses 14 and 15. I'm going to read. He maketh peace in thy borders and filleth thee with thy finest of the wheat. He maketh peace. He gives us the peace, the calmness, the, 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 the words to be able to say and to be able to handle within our own borders, within our own town, within our own city, within our own state, within our own country. And he fills thee with the finest of the wheat. Meaning he will provide to us and give us the peace. And that peace is through him. In verse number 15, it says, He sendeth forth his commandment upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. His commandment upon us on earth is to present the gospel to others, but also the word that runs very swiftly is the word of God. It is not I or not you or not anyone here is going to save anyone. None of us are going to save anyone. But the word of God is as sharper than any two-edged sword. It will be able to give that conviction or give that, give that uh, uh, choice for the individual to be able to accept Christ. So it's not us. He gives us that peace. He gives us the words. He gives us our food. He gives us our house. He gives us everything we need. He gives us that word. But it's us under the commandment to be able to share that word with others. And so Charles Spurgeon brings up this point. A healthy church is the light of the world. An unhealthy church will be as much used to the world as the seven churches of Revelation are today. And yes, if you are correct... I did update the slides on, uh, if you look at the notes or if you look on the slides on the presentation, there he is, Charles Spurgeon over there on the right. He is not carrying or using a cigar at all. That's not a cigar. I had to take a couple looks at it. It is a cane. Um, So 
you know, don't give me the hate mail. Andy, you don't want the hate mail. I don't want the hate mail. It's not a cigar, okay? Charles Spurgeon did not use a cigar back. I don't know, maybe he did. I don't, I, we'd have to study that. But specifically in this portrait, it is a cane. But Andy, I, I bring up these things and I'm going to give you one more verse here. Well, three more verses. And that's coming from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost a savior, whether with shall it be salted, it is thenceforth good for nothing but to cast out and to be trotted under the foot of, of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So I bring a lot of things up, and I set a lot of things into motion here with this message about the church. Uh, widows mentioned about in, of the church in the New Testament in First Thessalonians, and how they reach and spread the gospel of the word, and how Spurgeon brought up that the what, imagine if the church was cold and wasn't functioning and didn't have missions or didn't support missions or didn't support the local church. But also we bring up the point that he had was, what is the church today? Okay, is it, how's, what's the pulse of it? I brought up the scripture here talking about how we're supposed to be the light of the world, how we're, how we're supposed to reach others. Now, Andy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to involve you in this conversation here as a 16-year-old about to turn 17 in about four days. On a May 11th or May 10th, I'm sorry. I don't know what happens on May 11th. Not when I got born. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to be celebrating Mother's Day on your birthday at church. I've been doing that for the past 16 years. Very good, very good. So you're you're used to be celebrating on Mother's Day. I am my mother's son. You are your mother's son. But <laughs> as I set this up, Andy, as a youthful individual, what is your perspective of the church and... How is that how can, how can that church be cold in today's youth? I think I'm drawn to the beginning of the excerpt that we read uh from Spurgeon when he was talking when there is imagine a scenario where there is an uncertain sound from the pulpit. And that's it's a weird phrase of speech to use, but if you know, if you were to rephrase that if there was a uh an empty sound coming from the pulpit, okay? Words coming out of the preacher's mouth, but nothing being said per se. Um, I think over the past hundred years or so, the church, and this is not indicative of any churches in specific, but churches as a whole, there have been fewer and fewer churches that are preaching substantive, substantive, I can't say the word, subject matter in their messages, okay? The, over the past hundred years or so, fewer and fewer churches have been preaching substantive messages of God. You know, subject matter in the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, the conviction of the Word of God, the holiness of the Word of God. Now, you take that and you put that up against the past, say, 60 years or so of the world. Okay, and now for youthful individuals, you know, to borrow a phrase, youthful individuals have hot blood. You know, they, they, they're always looking for something. They always want something. So 
is young people have been looking for something as they're, you know, young or, you know, teenagers and then young adults and then adults. They're constantly looking for something. If the church is not preaching true subject matter, something that is truly fulfilling and truly filling to the soul, they'll find something else. Take, for instance, you know, the 60s, 70s, the 80s, the the hippie movements and, you know, other movements of that sort. If the church is just a social gathering, which it was in certain areas and first in that period of time. If it was just a social gathering and, you know, the preacher was getting up and he was preaching a sermon, but he wasn't, there wasn't any conviction for those young people and for those individuals. And then they go to school the next day and their, their friend is like, I got, you know, specifically for guys, you know, I, I go to this place where, you know, there's, there's hot girls and, you know, there's beer and there's drugs and, you know, we go have fun and we party all night. You take not getting much from church versus everything I always wanted to do, more young people are going to take that route than they would take the church route. And I think it, it, it's built on itself and it's rolled over year after year after year till we get to now where we're in a very important and precarious position where more churches need to take a step back and look at what they're talking about and what they're preaching and you know, are they preaching the word of God and is it truly convicting to, you know, to the people that they're speaking to, specifically young people? Because without, without disregarding older people or the older generation, young people are the lifeblood of the church. The reason being is everyone gets old People die. Someone has to take their place. And generally, that's going to be younger people. Okay. A good example of killing a church because of a lack of young people is Soviet Russia in the Cold War. I like history. So, I, you know, I think it's something kind of cool to, that I've, I've looked into. Is in, uh, in Soviet Russia during the Cold War, Christianity had it had a foothold in Russia, and when the Soviets came in and you know Joseph Stalin took over and such, they this, the schools were completely taken over. They were completely state run, and the teachers were telling the young people, okay, there was this red scarf that you got for in, in if you were in school, if you were a model student and a model Russian per se, okay, you were a model of what you should be. As a communist, okay, you would get a red scarf. In order to get that red scarf, you, one of the things you had to fulfill is you had to respect your parents' religion, okay? So the Soviets were teaching the young people to respect their parents' religion, to, you know, in certain situations, to go to church with them, to respect their religion, to, but in no way, in no uncertain terms were they to believe it because they would go to, church, uh, go to school on Monday and they would be taught atheism in their schools. So it was... In the, Little by little, they were taught to respect the religion, but in no way believe it. And today, Russia is one of the top countries in atheism. Mm -hmm. So they killed the young people. And those young people grew up to be atheists, and they taught their kids who grew up to be atheists. And now we're in this generation where Russia is one of the uh, top-rated atheist countries in the world. And it's very hard for Christian missionaries to get into Russia now. Okay, very, very difficult for Christian missionaries to get into Russia now, or missionaries of any kind, really, 
because of two and a half generations, going on three generations of atheism being rolled into the young people and being taught from such a young age. That's why young people are so important in the church. And if there's nothing being taught in the church that the young people can hold to, that they can base their entire life on, they will find something else because young people always want to find something else. And that, that's something to hold on to is what? Jesus Christ. And if they're, not, if they're not being taught that they can hold on to God with everything that they have, not just with their religion, but with their entire lives, because there's a separation between how people think of their religion and how people think of their entire life. If someone's just putting their religion, they're holding their religion on, they're holding on to their religion with God, okay, well, their religion is holding on to God. But what about their their work? What about their family? What about their relationships? Are they basing that out of God's word? Is that what they're being taught in church, that every part of your life should be based in God's word? Are they being taught that the friends you make, are you should be choosing your friends based on godly principles? If they're not being taught that and they're not holding on to that, then they're going to go a direction that God doesn't want them to go, that Christians don't want them to go. And I think that's very important. So let me charge the churches today that you got to keep on preaching the Word of God. That you got to, the Word of God is the focal point of the church. And you got to keep Jesus as the main thing. You can't, you can't veer from it. You can't change it. You know, there's been a lot of talks about if I try this, if I try that, if I do this. Again, what is the proof in the pudding? It's the word of God. And like Andy illustrated, it's the way of life to be Christ-like and to have those examples that are explained and preached and taught through the word of God. And that's something that's very important. And also even as a parent today. To be able to reach that child or to help that child in their life, it is through the Word of God. It's, it's not so much my wisdom, because you can ask my son right here, I have none. <laughs> but I do have the Word of God, and I can show him through that, or I can point him in that direction to be able to get that answer and to be able to fall in, lo- fall in line with Christ. There's another thing that we want. To- yes, go ahead, Andy. Oh, I didn't want to continue with what oh, you were saying. Yeah. There is one other thing that we need to focus on, which is missions. And, and I'm going to go back to your point, Andy, so please hold on to that point. But missions is important. Missions is that pipeline to reach other parts of the world. And like Andy said, we need the youth, the young, uh, to be able to replace the ones that are falling out of age and out of death and out of so forth, that we need to raise that next generation. And it's not so much what's the best music being played at church, even though that is very entertaining. I mean, I I enjoy good music. But I also enjoy colorful televisions. I enjoy, you know, coffee and taquitos and, uh, you know, donuts and all those things that that are there. And but the main thing is 
to be able to have that word of God and to be able to teach that word of God to the younger generation, to be able to be open and willing to listen to God, to see what God wants for them in their life. You see, if, we keep, if, if the word of God can penetrate and be able to be absorbed and to be able to be a part of their life and, and they have an open heart and an open mind for God, then God can use that individual. Where we fall short is, especially as parents and as as churches, we just get in the routine of just having you go here, you go there, you go here, you go there, go to school, learn from school, go to teen group, go to teen group, learn what teen group's about, go to your friend's house, go to your friend's house. But instead, we don't have the main purpose, which is the word of God. And that's why it's important to have these devotions or to be able to have a family devotion or be able to explain to your children when to, uh, how to begin a devotion through a, a broadcast or a podcast or through you just teaching with them. But Andy, you had another point you wanted to make. The, from my experience talking to, to people around my age, the number one question that is being asked is why. Mm. Why should I believe in God? Why should I live like this? How do I know that God exists? And why should I believe that he exists? And I think if you can answer those questions, and they, believe me, they take a lot of studying to be able to answer those questions. If you can answer those questions, you set up young people for such a solid growth and for such a solid foundation that they can do great things for Christ. Because more and more people are asking the question, why? And not just about religion, they're asking about everything. Why do I need to work? Why do I need to go to school? Why is evolution true? Why, you know, they're being taught in school these things, you know, they're being taught that evolution is true, which I disagree with. They're being taught, you know, this this in school, they're taught, being taught this in history, they're being taught this in math. And the constant question that's being asked is why? And so, if the church can answer why, they, say, they give the youth and the young people more foundation than the school's giving them, than their government's giving them, than the country's giving them. Because no one else, no one, any, no one wants to answer why. And let me, let me talk to the parents that are listeners right now. Because you may be like sitting back and be like, well, I can't answer any of those questions right now. I have no idea. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I never, I, I'm not even going to begin. I, if my child asks me that question, I'm going to turn on the TV and just kick it up a couple notches. So I want to address, and Bill explain to you, that's a normal feeling. <laughs> okay? Parents have those feelings. All right? And you, you can find the answer, and that's through the Word of God a pastor, uh, a, a, an elder, uh, someone that you trust that can help you in studying the Word of God. And uh, that's where you find your answers. Okay, It's not a self-help book. It's not a Dr. Phil moment or watch an Oprah clip. Uh, it's looking in the Word of God for those answers to my parents out there. Um, for the preachers that are out there, you need to teach your congregation on how to help them Find those answers through your preaching and through your teaching. Um, keep it with the Word of God. So, 
it's uh we are we are doing many things to be able to discuss yeah um to discuss these things about church and i just want to close with that and uh, tell you that you know we pray we pray for this ministry every day um, our pastor, Pastor Rinka, he prays for this ministry. Um, we want to reach as many people as possible that are out there. Um, please share this podcast because we can only go as far as your ears listen. So if you share, it'll be able to reach other people. And also join us online at faithbaptistelpaso.org. And uh, we do have an online community at faithlife.com forward slash faithelpaso. Uh, you can join there. Also on Faith uh, Facebook at uh, a group name of Faith El Paso on Facebook. And also please join us this Sunday. We're going to be celebrating Mother's Day and Andy's birthday. So join us in the celebration of all the mothers. And you can just sit, uh, say a prayer for Andy. And uh, you can visit us online if you wish at faithbaptistelpaso.org. And if you wish to give to this ministry... Go faithbaptistelpaso.org forward slash give. Thank you, and we appreciate you listening, and have a wonderful and a great evening. Celebrate it with mothers. Take your wife out. Children, make something nice for mom. She deserves it. God bless.